Today on the Province Crier Podcast, we have a big stack show for you. We will start with a full player and non-conference schedule preview for this year's Province College Friars. We will also introduce a few new segments to the show, including one we'll call Roadside Reaction, which will be my instant thoughts of uh, on the ride home of a game that I attended to at the dunk during the week. So that should be... Uh, that should be just some fun, I think. We'll, we'll see. But, um, all right, let's eat. The Providence College Friars. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Is the Providence Crier Podcast with your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall? He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. All right, welcome, welcome. This is Mike Surratt, the Providence College Friar, excuse me, the Providence Friar himself. Um, like I said, big show today. We'll start off with that full team preview of the Providence College Friars, as well as their non-conference schedule. We'll, we'll take a look at some of the key matchups in that as well. But before we get to that, we'll just have a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Welcome back to the Providence Crier Podcast. All right, let's get right to this team preview for this upcoming season of the Providence College Friars. Um, I'm right at the team site here. Got the whole roster pulled up in front of me. Um, we'll start with the freshman walk-on, Tommy Dempsey. I'm actually going to take a look at his profile because I really do not know much about this guy but uh, he is a freshman um, played high school at Seton Catholic Central um, first off I noticed he was born in 2000 that that uh, that makes me feel old not gonna lie just turned 30 um, about a week ago so. Seeing someone that was born in 2000 that's in college now, yikes. But uh, his favorite teams, oddly enough, the New York Yankees and Boston Celtics. And I, I guess I don't blame you because the Knicks are, are, are that bad. James Dolan's that terrible. But, um, you know, hey, I, I guess I guess I'll bring you aboard as a Celtic fan. Um even though I'm not sure in your choice of baseball teams. But, um, uh, yeah, that's really it here for Tommy. Um, we'll move on to the next walk-on, America's favorite walk-on, Andrew Fonts. Um, well, might not be America's famous, uh, favorite. I think that goes to fellow Big East team DePaul holds holds that prestigious honor with uh, – Pentella's Zidius. Um, 
Mr. Celiac Girl, as I like to call him. Um, he he uh, got in his – well, he's been in a game before, but he's never scored. And in DePaul's preseason opener, it was, it was an exhibition, but I guess it still counts in the stat sheet. Uh, Zevia scored his first points for DePaul, so shout out to him. But, yeah, Andrew Fonts um, really taking on the – um, the Mark Titus role uh, right now. I, I mean, good for him. No one's really open to taking the torch, and um, Font seems to be willing. And you know, may have big shoes to fill. But um, it's also interesting about Fonts. Cooley made note of this. Um, I don't know if it was after the Purdue game or the Stonehill game, but he had said that you know. Him playing fonts in exhibitions not entirely out of the realm of the question to, to see happen in the regular season, which, I mean, with this type of loaded roster, it does kind of surprise me. But, um, you know, I would also say that um, Ed Cooley loves, just loves when he's pissed off to go to, to the walk-ons and teach him a lesson. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, so so maybe we'll see Andrew Fonts in some big time game action this year. Um, next guy, someone that we will not see um, this season dress up in the Fires uniform. That's Jared Bynum, sophomore guard that they got from um, St. Louis, or excuse me, St. Joe's. Pardon me. Um, out of the A10, was able to score twelve. Uh, 12 points per game, dish out three assists per game in his first season at uh, St. Joe's under uh, Martelli, I believe. Um, but he is in the fold, transferred over. He'll have to sit out this year, but then the Friars get um, three years out of him after that, which is awesome. Um, I think he's just the type of guard that you'll want to build off of um, in the future. He's not the biggest guy, but he's stocky, can get to the rim, um, shoot the three. I saw that he compared himself to, to Fred Van Vliet. And, hey, if that's what he's going to be, sign me up. <laughs> that, that's all I'll say. But uh, Jared Bynum, won't get to see much of him, unfortunately, but, but I think big things to come for him. Moving on, um, we'll go with another transfer that we will not see this year, and that's Noah Horchler. Um, he transferred over from UNF of the A-Sun. Um, you know, he, next year he'll be able to play, you know, the, his one remaining year of college uh, at PC. Big guy, um, very athletic. I, watching some of his tape, Love to crush tape, even if it's the, the, the A10 or excuse me, ASUN. Um, you know, watching him play, he, he looked very athletic in that conference. Um, and I think they Sun does put out decent athletes. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. He gets a year under his belt, gets stronger. Um, could be a useful piece next season. So, um, I, I think that's pretty exciting. All right, we'll move on um, now into more of the, well, maybe not, I guess. We'll, we'll see. Chris Monroe, 
um, sophomore forward. Didn't play much last year as a freshman. Um, we'll see if if he you know logs minutes this year. I, I'm on the fence. I I think he does remind me like of a long term project, like a um, oh the guy from Nova um, that won it for them. Let me see here. This is great radio, I know. Um, Chris Jenkins, pardon me. Yeah, Chris Jenkins. A um, little bigger guy, but but can really stroke it. Um, my prediction for for him this year is that he's going to hit a big shot in this Cryer prophecy at, at some point. Um, I don't know when, but, but it's going to be one of those – Big moments of the season. Um, maybe it'll be on the, the final four video if they make those. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if he gets playing time. Um, if he can shoot the three, I would love to play him. So hopefully he can knock down some shots. But moving on to um, more of the rotational players now, um, we'll start with Jimmy Nichols who I think is just an absolute wild card. Um, he reminds me of, of Spicy P out in Toronto, um, Pascal Siakam, a forward that played at New Mexico State, I believe, or, or New Mexico, one or the other. But um, guy that's really blossomed into a star in the NBA, but um, in college was, was a useful player with his length and athleticism being able to uh, block some shots, which we saw Jimmy do a bit of, but um, we'll, we'll see, you know, going into sophomore year, you'd hope. It, I think it's been said that he's gotten a little bit bigger, so maybe that'll help his game. Um, I still think he's pretty raw, but, I mean, that's why he's a wild card. I mean, if he can be a force coming off the bench, the sky's the limit for this team, really. Um, that, that would be crazy. But um, we'll move on to the lone freshman here on the team. We'll crack open a beer for the, for, for the freshman. Don't judge me. I'm going to go through every single player here and then, you know, some of the key non-conference games. So it's a long segment we have. So, But uh, Greg Gant, um, like I said, lone freshman from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, big recruit, a guy that Cooley went in on quickly. And finally, for once, you know, he was able to, to be rewarded for his, his um, longevity of recruitment. And Doc Gant to commit to PC. Um, he's currently hurt with an Achilles injury. Um, hopefully, you know, I think Cooley says he's not going to be ready for the opener, but, um, you know, maybe in a few games. Um, it stinks that he has to get an injury so early, but, I mean, he's a guy, wiry, uh, really athletic. Um, I think, you know, come March, he's going to be that that player on PC that that uh, you really can see has made the strides towards the end of the season from what he was in the beginning of the season. Um, I feel like we see that all the time. Um, with Friars, Alpha Diallo, Kyron Cartwright, 
just a few to, uh, that bring to mind. I, I like Gant a lot. He, he reminds me of um, Giroux, who will now be one of the focal points on Houston. Um, Giroux was a transfer from UMass um, to the University of Houston and was a solid role player that, that got to be one of the better players on the team by the end of the season. So um, hopefully we can get something close to that for Greg Gant. I'd be pretty happy, but um, moving on, uh, Khalif Young. Khalif Young is, to me, he's the perfect big man you want off the bench. Um, he's a guy that's going to run the floor decently well. Um, he's going to be able to, to rebound the basketball and um, provide some rim protection. I mean, as a big coming off the bench, that's almost all you can really ask for. Um, so we'll see. Khalif being a senior now, yeah, that seems like that kind of went by fast. But um, with Khalif being a senior, maybe he's developed his game a little more. We'll see. Uh, be more offensive. Um, because, I mean, at this point, his offense is mostly just rim running. But So we'll, we'll see if he's improved a little bit. But moving on to the last big off the bench, or uh, on, I guess if you want to do that, the first big off the bench, and we'll probably end up starting to start the season uh, against Sacred Heart, Emmett Holt. Um, it's great to see him back. The grad transfer, you know, you all know the story. He was out the last two seasons um, with, with uh, an abdominal injury. Great to see him back. He's put in, you know, a lot of hard work. Um, so awesome to see get him get one last chance. And that was a guy that was – you know, what we needed last um, – I was on the last podcast we were talking about that, that his attitude, I think, was sorely missed on last year's team. And if he can bring that attitude and be 75% of the player he was um, before the injury, I mean, that, that would be great for the Friars, uh, in my opinion. But moving on, we'll go with the sixth man, Malik White. Um, Malik White, senior guard, you know, not really your prototypical point guard, more your combo guard, but he's a guy that can shoot the three. Um, he's a guy that, that actually has the ability, um, to get to the rim and, and finish around the rim. I think we've seen that a few times on Malik White. Um, I mean, I, I think he's one of the cosmic pros. He's, you know, never complained about playing time at PC. Um, even though, you know, coming in, he probably thought he was going to take on that Kyron Cartwright role. It really just hasn't worked out that way. But, I mean, that's fine, and it seems like he's embracing his role as a six-man. And that matters. Um, if you're going to get far in the tournament, you need a guy coming off the bench that, that can score you some points. And, you know, Malik White can make a lot of people know his name this March if he uh, – comes off the bench and uh, performs the way that I think some of us expect out of him this year. So very excited about Malik White. Um, all right, so let's get right into our starting five then. Um, first, I'll start with Juan Pipkins. He'll probably end up being 
you know, the most important player on the roster this year, the grad transfer from UMass. Um, you know, I've talked about this already, the fact that last year PC didn't have a point guard, so that's why Pipkins is just a massive get. Um, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing with him is he's going to be able to help He's going to be able to help out in pick and roll offense, which again, never ran last year. Um, and in isolation plays also, we didn't see a ton of that, um, especially late in the season, um, isolation scoring. And I, I think those two aspects that he delivers will be huge and be able to make province that, you know, team that flirts around the top 25, maybe isn't the top 25 throughout the whole season. So, um, We'll see what happens there. Um, but Pipkins, you know, I think him playing with better talent around him, kind of similar to what I've said before about uh, Alpha Diallo, I think that will only benefit his game. So I'm really excited, really excited to see him debut on on Tuesday against Sacred Heart. Um, so hopefully he's back to full health from that hammy and uh, ready to go. We'll move on to David Duke, the Prince of Providence. Um, I'm expecting big things from him, and I think he's kind of flying under the radar. Um, his performance in the Pan Am Games, he's really showing, I mean, at least he did in that tournament, the ability to shoot the three with confidence. Um, and then his athleticism is, I think, elite. It's up there with any of the guards that play for the major uh, conferences in the, in the country, like the Dukes of the world, the UNCs of the world. I think he's on, on that level athletically. Um, and his ability to be able to get to the basket, he's do got, he doesn't have to finish a little bit better. But, um, you know, a lot of guys are talking about the next guy that we'll, we'll get to, his buddy, A.J. Reeves. But I think Duke is going to take a monster jump this year. Um, and that's going to be awesome to see. Uh, hopefully he'll get on those NBA um, mock drafts um, that, that you can find all over the internet these days. But um, so I think big season for him coming up. Um, we'll move on to AJ Reeves. Obviously everyone knows last season he started off guns blazing was the best offensive player on the team. Uh, quite frankly, um, through the first couple, hurt his foot. And then, you know, we all know the story. He, he never really was able to get back to what he was before that. So hopefully now fully healthy, we'll be able to see that that offensive arsenal that uh, A.J. Reese has to put on display. I, I, I think he'll be – he's obviously a great shooter. He's the best shooter on the team. Um, but he's also got that – the ability to drive the basketball too as well and take step back jumpers. And I think he has a full offensive arsenal that we just weren't able to see, um, you know, after the foot injury and defensively we'll see, hopefully if he puts more effort in on that end, he should be fine. He should be serviceable, especially when you have a guy like David Duke next to him. Um, so, you know, uh, and AJ has that confidence. I think he's one of the most confident players on the team. Um, maybe behind senior um, 
preseason All-American for the All-Biggies, that is, Alpha Diallo. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his, his confidence, he knows he can put the ball in the basket. So, um, A.J. Reeves, I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't – him and Duke, I, I really couldn't be more excited to see what, what we can get from those two. Um, we'll move on to the big guy, Nate Watson, our center. Um, we'll miss the first game. Hopefully not much more than that because we'll, we'll get to that in the non-conference schedule. But a few games make me a little worried there. So hopefully, you know, he won't play in the opener, but um, they can get him back for Saturday or, or at least the trip to Northwestern. Um, so, you know, Nate Watson, what I love about Nate is um, he's just one of those old school biggies, big men, um, very physical but also has good touch around the basket. A little undersized, but, I mean, he plays bigger than, than he is. Um, and uh, I expect Nate Watson to eat this season. And I think uh, his dad, Jonathan, does as well, if you follow him on Twitter. Um, one of the better follows in Firetown, in my opinion, Mr. Watson. Um, loves to get Firetown hyped up. It's awesome. It's great to see. Um, would love to get him in a, on the podcast at one point. I, I think that'd be kind of that, – that'd be, that'd be a great interview. Um, but, yeah, Nate, uh, really excited to, to another season uh, of just building on what he showed last year. And at times he was dominant. So um, expect big things from him. And now, finally, we'll, we'll end off with Alpha Diallo. Um, the senior, uh, I don't think PC does captains, but I, I would guess the captain. I, I think, you know, the leadership role this year can, doesn't need to be fully on Alpha Diallo, which I think is a great thing. Um, he, he can definitely be one of those main leaders, but but he'll get some help this year with Luan Pipkins, with Emmett Hull. Um, PC went from one of the youngest teams to being one of the oldest teams in just an offseason. So, um, I think Diallo is going to be in for a great season. Like I talked about before, um, you know, he's a guy that thrives off playing with great players around him. We saw it in the Pan Am games. We saw it in years previous where PC had um, more players to that could score the basketball. The pressure wasn't all on him. Um and he thrived in those moments. And with him, this being his last season, turns down the NBA. Um, and now he can be one of the faces of, of, of the sport, in my opinion. Uh, definitely the Big East. But we'll see um, if, if he can win player of the year. I personally don't think he will, just because I think PC will have a lot of options and will be more focused on winning basketball games than putting up gaudy stat numbers. Um but I, I think Diallo is going to get a lot of hardware this year, for sure. At, at least, at the very least, on the biggest level. So um, that is it. That is your, your squad for the season. Um, we'll see how uh, first game shakes out. But uh, moving on to a – we'll do a quick non-conference preview here. Um, we'll start off with the opener. 
Tuesday, November 5th, 7 p.m. at the Dunk and Sacred Heart. Um, Sacred Heart has got a little bit of talent. Um, I believe they're projected top four in, in the NEC this season. Um, but, I mean, opening night, barring a disaster, uh, the Friars should handle Sacred Heart pretty easily. Um, they really only have one player. They're not very big. Um, so I, I think even without Nate Watson, you know, pack dunk. Again, I just don't foresee the unthinkable of PC coming out and laying it down against these guys. I think PC will take care of them. But right away, a quick turnaround on Saturday – They'll host NGIT, and I think that's a really tough game. Um, I won't be able to get to that one, but NGIT is always a team that's scrappy. Um, they're always going to play it tough. So, you know, maybe a little hangover from the opener. Uh, the NGIT games makes me a little nervous, but um, I do think PC will win ultimately win that one as well, um, which brings me – to the game that terrifies me the most. Wednesday, November 3rd at Northwestern, late tip at 9 p.m. Um, and that's in Northeastern, I meant Northwestern. Um, but that game will be out in Evanston, a part of the Dave Gavitt Classic between uh, Big East and Big Ten. Uh, Northwestern really isn't projected to be anything of consequence in the Big Ten. I'm pretty sure they're pick to be at the bottom. But um, I said this earlier uh, in the last episode, beginning of the season, a lot of teams have a ton of hope, and you never know what you're going to get out of your team on the road. Luckily, PC being a veteran team, hopefully they'll be able to handle this. Um, but that game does terrify me. But other than that, in, in the beginning here, the Friars definitely have a great chance to go into the Wooden Legacy Tournament at 6-0. I, I honestly believe that. Um, really, the only game that really, really gives me pause is Northwestern, um, just because it's on the road. Um, NGIT does make me a little nervous, but I think ultimately PC will win that one. We'll grind it out, typical Ed Cooley fashion. Um, but then after that, St. Peter's, Merrimack, Penn. I mean, Penn's supposed to be a decent Ivy team, but the Friars, I, I think they'd be – kicking themselves if they didn't start 6-0, at least 5-1 uh, before the Wooden Legacy. Um, in that, they'll get Long Beach State. Long Beach State is, I'm pretty sure they're very, very young. So um, I, I don't think that will be a game where PC should have any trouble, even if they're going all the way out on the West Coast. Um, so that game will be November 28th. Um, you can find it on ESPNU. I will be sure to be watching that one. Um, little turkey and, and fryers really can't beat it. But uh, then fishing in that tournament, they'll get the winner of Wake Forest College of Charlestown. I don't think um, – I guess it's Charleston, I guess. Well, um, I don't think either of them really pose a threat to PC, to be honest with you. I haven't heard much of either of those teams at this point. Um, 
It wouldn't shock me if Charleston's good. Uh, they usually have a good, good, um, hard-fought team. So that's a program that is known to be a mid-major team that trips people up. But I, I, I haven't heard anything to make me think that PC would lose to Wake or Charleston. Um, and then hopefully you'll get your Wooden Legacy final against um, the U of A, which would be big for um, PC's RPI, which is a big opportunity. Um, the Friars were able to, to get the win, just narrowly edge out um, Arizona last time they are in the Wooden Legacy. This time, you know, I don't see Arizona losing it again, uh, to be honest. I think Sean Miller at Cooley, they're buddies. He remembers that game. He's not happy about the way uh, Arizona's season turned out last year. So, I mean, I, I don't see PC winning that one, but I think it'll be a good game. And honestly, no lose, great opportunity to be a really good team early on the neutral court. Um, all right, then, then the big game. Um, December 6th at URI, Friday, 7 p.m. I already took the day off. Um, I'm going to be sure to either get to the game somehow or um, maybe I'll just watch somewhere nearby. Um, maybe go to Newport or um, or just watch it in Kingston uh, somewhere. Who knows? But big game. I have it marked on my calendar. I was actually on the Theater in College Basketball podcast, part of the Barn Burner Network podcast the other day, discussing uh, the rivalry between PC and URI. Um, so give that a listen. That, that, that was fun, a good back and forth there. But um, obviously it's the big rivalry game. I'm amped up. I'm still upset over two years ago where we lost to them. Um, at the Ryan Center, PC's looking for revenge. Uh, URI will be out with without two players that, that they learned earlier this week: Antoine Walker and another guy named Shepard um, Jugo guy, I guess. But both those two players who were supposed to be off URI's bench won't be in action for that one. So I, I think PC gets gets revenge and gets back to the winning ways. Um, against URI, even though they won last year, but, you know, getting back to beating them at um, the Ryan Center would, would would be awesome. And I think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. I, I don't think much of URI this year, but we'll see. Um, then after that, they'll, they'll get Stony Brook at home. And then we got the big two-headed monster to end the non-conference schedule. First, starting with Florida. That game will be at the Barkley Center, part of the Air Force Reserve Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. Um, that's that's a huge opportunity. To, you want to talk about a game that has no – it's a no-lose is, is that game right there. Uh, Florida is supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. I think they will be. Um, they have no lock, who was once a fryer target. Obviously, they add Kerry Blackshear, who was a dominant big in ACC last year um, as a grad transfer, and he, he's just going to continue to dominate. Uh, the guy's a monster. Um, it won't matter him going to the SEC. 
Um, it'll probably dominate more. Uh, they also have Andrew Nemhart returning to the roster. Um, Florida also adds freshman uh, Trey Mann. They also add Scotty Lewis. So, I mean, this Florida team is loaded. Um, I think they have, they don't only have aspirations to get to the Final Four. Uh, they have the aspirations to cut down the nets. I, I think Florida is a really, really great team. Um, it will be a massive test for the Friars. Um, I don't see them winning it, but, you know, you never know. Um, but, again, I, I think it's a no-lose situation anyways. It's a great uh, litmus test, in my opinion, for the Friars as uh, they come close to, to ending their conference, non-conference play and getting into conference play. Um, then you get to your final non-conference game. It will be a return match with the University of Texas Longhorns. Um, Province went out to Austin last season, got that victory. Um, it was one of, you know, the better wins PC had all season. It was really wire to wire. Uh, Texas, you know, made it a little tough, but for the most part, PC cruise on their way to victory last year. Um, Shaka Smart makes his first trip to the dunk. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think it's a hot seat year for Shaka Smart. Um, he's brought in all his NBA talent to Texas, which is great, but he hasn't had nearly the success uh, that he was able to have at VCU, um, at least tournament success. So, I mean, Shaka Smarts could be at the hot, on the hot seat in Texas. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how good Texas will be at this point in the season. Uh, I think they'll view it as a great opportunity to uh, as a final tune-up before they get into conference play um, in the Big 12. They're probably going to want to get revenge for last year's game, to be honest with you. Uh, the guys that return, at least, to Texas probably do. Um, so that will be a good game. I think we'll get a good crowd for that one. Um, last non-conference game of the season, December 30th, December 21st. Uh, it's a Saturday, 2 p.m. at the dunk. Hopefully we get a nice, uh, you know, the crowd gets, gets a little pregame in early. Um, you know, get some lunch. Um, get some beers in your book before the game. Hopefully PC has a great, great atmosphere there. Um, I think that's what you definitely want to show a school like like the University of Texas. Um, that has a big brand. They'll probably have a lot of people watching. So, you know, PC can make a big statement to end non-conference play with a victory against Texas. But, yeah, I mean, that, that wraps it up in terms of um, the non-conference schedule preview. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, I really kind of wished I did this with uh, co-host, uh, my roommate, Brendan O'Rourke, Ozone. He was going to do it, but he wasn't able to make it. So, show must go on. Uh, and he also brought up how he, he, he think it'd be funny that I'm doing it by myself, that I'm like Colin Coward or uh, Francesa. Um, could you imagine a Mike Francesa-based Friar uh, podcast? <laughs> 
the cry of prophecy? Are you kidding me? I never said that. I never said that. Francesca is he is a national treasure, that one. Um do you have anything Mike to Francesca say, Mike? Appears to rip fought while ripping Adam Gase. Now, here's the thing. The five minute morning, which Anthony tapes in the morning, first of all, I, 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 it didn't happen. It's a complete lie. Would... Okay, Mike. Uh, great to hear from you. But, yep, that wraps up the um, player profile, the schedule preview. And um, the next segment is that segment that I teased at the beginning of the episode, uh, Roadside Reaction. I'll be in the car on my way home from um, the dunk to back, back to Boston. You'll get my instant reaction of PC's first home opener against Sacred Heart. And I hope you enjoy it. Honestly, I think 
I think this is it. I think we have an offense. You don't want to get too excited over a team like Sacred Heart because um, clearly there was a size, athleticism, and quickness mismatch for the Friars. So, you know, you never want to get too excited about one result, but I think a lot of encouraging signs for the Friars. Um, their tempo on offense was, was really something to watch. Too many times last year you would see the team pull the ball out, work some clock, grind out the game. This, at least tonight, you, you didn't see that. You saw the complete opposite, to be honest. Uh, th there was one possession in particular that came to mind where Sacred Heart player number 30, LaRose, I believe his name was, he hits a three, and instantly the Friars are back up, pushing the ball. They probably shoot the, they get an open three, they shoot it within or five seconds of the shot clock um, and they end up missing that one, get the rebound immediately kick it out, immediately shoot another three, miss rebound again and then they end up missing the jumper they end up not getting points out of that possession but I, I think it was a poignant one because it just showed how quickly they wanted to get out to the races, push the tempo push the pace um, and it was great to see um, David Duke I, I I said it uh, in the player preview. I think he could be in for a big year. He showed a lot of confidence offensively, carrying over his play from the Pan Am games. Um, he was he was in attack mode. Uh, he wasn't afraid to shoot threes. I think David Duke is in line for a big season. I think he could be, if you remember with Chris Dunn, uh, it was always triple-double watch with done stuff in the stat sheet. David Duke, I think he's going to be the guy to take that 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 mantle from Chris Dunn. Uh, he was able to... He only scored 11 points, but he had six rebounds and eight assists. So he's a guy to watch out for um, in terms of maybe logging a triple-double. Um, Alva Diallo, as I said in the opening, he led the way with 19 and 14. Clearly, he was the best player on the court. Um, Cooley said that Alpha would get a, a game of 20 rebounds. And I mean based off tonight, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past him to be honest. He was all over the glass, offensive rebounds, um, was able to show his athleticism blocking shots. He was able to hit some threes. So big game out of Alpha today. AJ Reeves doing AJ Reeves like like things. He was able to hit that corner three that that he loves to take. Um, he finished with 15. So I mean, just a great night offensively for the Friars. As I said, it was the first hundred point game in the Ed Cooley era in regulation. If you want to go to the last time that happened, you'd have to look to the 09-2010 season. During the Keno Davis era, um, Friars were able to put up, uh, I believe it was 106 or 110 against George Washington. Uh, PC ended up putting up 100, in, uh, 100 or more in four games that season. And of course, they lost two of those games. That just goes to show you how great the uh, Keno Davis matchup zone was. But uh, speaking of defense, I love the defensive intensity from the very outset of this game. Pipkins was into it. 
Gant was into it. Duke, even Reeves, where he had some miscues defensively, but I thought the on-ball defense by really all the Friars was very intense, very locked in. Um, it was great to see that they held Sigurdard to 30% from three. Um, I believe only like 30. I think it was 30% from three, 33% overall. Um, for a game against a team from the NEC, a team that, you know, you might not take very seriously. It was clear from the get-go. PC was looking to prove a point tonight after the bad year last year. And they came out with that intensity and they really showed it for 40 minutes. Uh, really good to see. One of the funnier moments of the game was they have the debut of the Chick-fil-A foul shot promotion. So in the second half of every game, if the opposition misses two consecutive free throws, everyone in the arena gets a free original chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A in Seekonk or Attleboro. The place went absolutely nuts. It was like they were playing Villanova uh, on a Saturday. Like It got so loud. It was, it was pretty hilarious to see. Uh, the students were even chanting, We want chicken. We want chicken. Um, Erisiki, the guy on Sacred Heart, their best player, he was actually at the line first. He ends up up missing the first so the crowd got even more amped and unfortunately for us he ends up hitting the second so no chicken tonight but um, funny to see that, that promotions I can only imagine what that's going to be like when A when it happens and B when they're playing in a Big East game and the place is sold out like I the place is going to lose their shit like crazy but uh that was funny to see the crowd as a whole. You know, I, it was a it was a good crowd. Um, I'm not gonna say it was a bad crowd, but I, me personally, I would have liked opening night for a team that I think has legitimate aspirations this year. A team that can be a, that can hang around top 25 through a lot of the season. A team obviously on the cry of prophecy. A team that I think can and will make the Final Four. I would have liked a little better turnout. Um, you know, the, the, the corners of the dunk were a little empty, but for the most part, it was a good crowd. I thought the students impressed me. Usually they're kind of a pain to get up off campus and um, out to the game, but th th there was a good contingent of students there. Uh, they were into it. Um, actually, leaving the dunk, I had to like, fight way, my way from like a mob of of PC students trying to get to the buses, but um, only some of them left early for the bars. With about like eight minutes to play, I saw like a big wave of them go, but um, overall good atmosphere. The Friars will be in action next on Saturday against NGIT. Tip off at 4.30 at the dunk. Um, I won't be able to attend, I actually got a wedding fellow friar that I will be going to. He's marrying a husky, which uh, I, I don't know about that, but it's all right. She's a very nice girl, so we'll, we'll give him a pass, but um, I won't be at that one, but expect NGIT to be a much stiffer test for the friars. Uh, 
NGIT out of the A-Sun, I believe. They're projected to be one of the better teams in the A-Sun. Uh, the A-Sun, they have some athletes, um, they have some solid teams, so I expect a much stiffer test in uh, the Friars' second game of the year. But again, I think a lot of positives to take from this game. Uh, the offense, we might have one. I don't know. Let's let's give it a few more games. But early returns on the offense are very promising. Uh, again, typical Ed Cooley type team defensively. Except I was very impressed with the defensive effort from start to finish against a a, a team that you can you know maybe get lazy against because you're you're so much you know a, a mismatch. Uh, against them. So, I mean, credit to the Friars. Um, and, yeah, I mean, let's go. I, I couldn't be more fired up for the way this, this one went because you really couldn't have asked for a better game. But, again, Friars will take on NGIT on Saturday. Uh, get out to the dunk. And hopefully we'll see this fire offense um, firing all, on all cylinders again. All right, go Friars. Okay, the crier has returned from the dunk. I'm back in Boston, and we're just going to end the show with um, two new segments. Uh, the first we'll call What Were They Smoking? The Province Crier Podcast, also known as the PCP. It's that new drug on the streets that they're saying. Um, basically, the segment's pretty self-explanatory. Anything in the college hoops world that was said or happened that just makes you say, what were they smoking? So we'll start with it being the opening night in college hoops. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people look to the scoreboard and, and do some scoreboard watching in terms of what teams end up losing to a team that they had no business losing to. And on the opening slate tonight, there were two results that, that, that caught my eye. Um, the first being... Alabama Crimson Tide, not a crazy shocker. They were seven and a half point favorites hosting Penn. Um, Alabama is is undergoing the Nate Oates era. Nate Oates was the coach at Buffalo, and he had a great run there and parlayed that into taking over for Avery Johnson in Tuscaloosa. Um Penn is supposed to be a sneaky, sneaky good team, one of the better teams in the Ivy. But um, Kira Lewis on Alabama, he ends up scoring 30 points. But after Penn took the lead late, he was at the line for two free throws with 2.4 seconds left. He ends up missing both, and the Crimson Tide end up falling by one. Um, you never want to start the year with an L uh, in a buy game where you're paying the school a handsome amount of money to, to play you guys. Uh, game you should win, you know, in the words of John Rothstein, um, the epitome of brutality. Uh, if you get the epitome of a brutality tweet, that's not good for your hoops team. So uh, we saw that tonight with Alabama falling to Penn. And then the biggest shocker uh, will go to Nebraska Bowl. Nebraska, granted they're undergoing a rebuild with new head coach Fred Hoiberg. 
um, who, if you remember, was once dubbed the mayor of Ames, Iowa. He was the coach at Iowa State, very successful there. Um, then ended up taking the head coaching job with the Chicago Bulls. That didn't work out too well. But now he's back in the college ranks um, um, where he, he's thrived in the past. And he takes over Nebraska, uh, a Nebraska Cornhusker team. Again, I believe they had a bunch of new players. Um, so a team that, you know, isn't projected to be anything too special in the Big Ten. But they were 15-and-a-half-point home favorites against UC Riverside of the Big West. And they end up losing 47-66. to That is a nightmare. Um, UC Riverside, they came into D1 in 2000. They've only had one winning season. Um, last year, they went 10-23. and So... You know, it's only their second ever win against a Power 5 opponent. So, not the way Fred Hoiberg wanted to start off um, his new job at Nebraska. Um, as coming from experience, the Ed Cooley era, if you remember, excuse me, the Keno Davis era, if you remember, started off with a home game to Northeastern where the Friars lost and, you know, that season, that game ended up haunting their entire season. Um, so you never want to lose a home opener when you're paying the school a lot of money to come basically get their ass kicked. And what we had here was the absolute opposite with uh, UC Riverside. So that is What Are They Smoking? And we'll end tonight with another segment that we'll call My Favorite Friar. Um, stems from silly game that that me and my buddies at PC played um, as well as a little bit in our post postgrad days as well but uh, my favorite fire the game is pretty simple you have a handle of fireball or fireball uh, and basically you just pass it around name your favorite fryer and take a swig um, you know it, it can be anyone from the athletes, fellow students, alumni, whatever. Um, so my favorite fryer today will go to Emmett Holt. Um, spoke about it in the roadside reaction. Emmett Holt didn't get the start tonight like many thought he might have with Nate Watson being out, but uh, came off the bench, ended up scoring 15 points for the Friars, or 16, excuse me. Um, added four rebounds, was two of two from three. It was really great to see him back in the lineup. Um, returning from the abdominal injury, that cost him two seasons. Um, you know, last, he, he missed the entire um, season two years ago, and then last year he thought, you know, maybe he'd be back. And he's played sparingly early in the year, but it was clear that he was still suffering uh, from the injury, just didn't have the conditioning. So, and now you look at him, he looks very similar to what the player that we saw two years ago. And really got to give him credit for putting in the work to get back w to where he was. Um, I can only imagine, you know, 
they thought he could possibly die. So scary situation, um, but it's great to see that hard work and perseverance pays off. Um, you know, hopefully if PC can be a team that hangs around the 25, uh, top 25 and, you know, gets media recognition, uh, Emmett Holt's story will be, you know, one of the better ones in college basketball. It's going to be kind of hard to top. Although you look at the University of Texas with uh, Andrew Jones, a player, a guard on their team who um, missed a lot of time due to leukemia. He returned for the first time today. He scores 20 points. Um, so it's great to see the comeback stories of college basketball. It's, it's one of the beauties of the game is all the great stories that, you know, come from the sport. So that is my favorite fryer for the, for the pod for this week. It's Emmett Holt. And hope you join us next week, um, you know, for the podcast that will air every Wednesday. Um, you can listen to it on Anchor or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few other platforms as well. Um, remember to follow me at Providence Crier. Uh, read the blog, theprovincecrier.wordpress.com. And all right, have a good night, Friartown. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Amy Hope, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and he see me bumpin', so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me while well, I take them back to school Man up in my city